Well, I'm gonna have to get a beat. This is Maylat. And this is Jay Baby. And we're Grand Fresh, and we're going to talk about everything we want to talk about. So um, we hope you enjoy. It's the first episode, so don't be too mean. <laughs> All right, yeah. You're going to have to calm down a little bit for the first one, but it's going to be promising nonetheless. Hey, Jay Baby, how are you? You know, I'm good today. I wasn't up to too much today. But I've just been, how are you? <laughs> oh, God. I already did it. I, this is exactly how it was going to happen. Okay, okay, okay. So, Jay may be super nervous. But, um, no, I just really want to know, how's your week been? How, how, have you, how have you been feeling? What have you, you know, seen, heard? Anything that caught your eye? Yeah, well, a few things that caught my eye. I mean, other than you right now, because that's a really, <laughs> you know, that's my favorite crop top that you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wearing a red and other stories um, sweater. That she is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the other day I was caught in a fire in my apartment complex. That was quite interesting. I had run out with nothing on except <laughs> a lingerie piece. Some a lingerie? What kind of lingerie? Um, well, I don't want to brag, but it was definitely Gavinci. <laughs> Gavinci? <laughs> Branded, yes. <laughs> Okay. No, but seriously, though, there was a fire? Yeah. So there was this fire at my place this week. And what, hap- what had happened was this fire broke out downstairs, one to the left, and, like, people were, like, out the window. And, like, the firemen had to, like, save, like, five people trapped in there. And, like, these people above were not complacent of going down because it was on the seventh floor. So they were... Just like, no, no, I'm not getting in that cherry picker. That is too high up for me. So they were just chilling, posted up, like on the floor above that wasn't on fire. So, I mean, this was pretty crazy. The smoke flew in. I was scared. It was cold as hell outside. And no one got hurt, but that was pretty intense for the day. And in the meantime, every time I see a flame, I just have mad flashbacks. So what happened exactly? Because the fire started in the apartment below, right? Uh Uh-huh. So how did it happen? So I didn't actually have a conversation with these people yet because I have yet to have seen them. But what I I had saw is that I think it may have been like a freak incident. Somebody lit something because there wasn't a lot of flames. There was just a bunch of smoke. But even like on the backside of this apartment complex, like even down there, like two floors below were all just like... igniting with smoke out the side and whatnot so it was crazy and like when this guy had come down um from being saved like he was like throwing up because he breathed in so many fumes so i don't know what had happened i should probably contact them i need to give them a goodie bag of things but it looks like their stuff was decimated it's just crazy because like Jaden um lives in an apartment complex at um brussels midi which is like the south side of brussels but it's crazy how when you live in an apartment complex you just like trust everyone in there you don't know each other but you just like 
you know, you're just in danger constantly, basically. You don't know if people smoke inside, if they forgot to, like, put their cigarette out, you know, if they forgot to turn the stove off or whatever. So it's, there's this, like, this trust that's there. Yeah, or even more so, like, even this complacency of just, like, well, I can't really afford to live in the suburbs, so I mm-hmm. guess I have to accept, like, always being at this constant realization that something may happen in this apartment complex that I usually dictate as something being isolated, but realizing that apartment, I mean, obviously just the name itself mm-hmm. is quite having to share this intentionality of an expanded community, even though I've never talked to any of my neighbors, but the did it Did it make you want to talk to your neighbors after that happened? Because you were all standing outside, right? Yeah, we were all standing outside. I, like... I wasn't as much only for the fact that I didn't speak French and a lot of people here are only French speaking Mm -hmm. or like not really speaking too much English. So I just had given up immediately. Yeah. But yeah. So this was what had happened to me. Because every time shit goes on in my street, that's when I see my neighbors. (laughs) No, there was was heaps of people outside. I was like, wait, you live here? Like when there's like a riot or people come out, um, you know, there's a protest or whatever. Everyone just like opens their windows and we're all like looking. And that's that's like the only times I see uh, my neighbors. It's crazy. And where do you think they are otherwise? Because obviously when these like freak, of, not freak events, but these events happen mm-hmm. that they are all already like looking out their window. I mean, everybody's storming outside. So they're there. Mm-hmm. But where are they usually? Just inside. I, don't, I never see them unless something happens. And then you feel like united because you're all like looking at this freak show that's happening downstairs, like on the street. And that's when I see them. And I'm like, wow, hey, I'm Maylat. <laughs> you said, actually, Jaden, every time you come by, I do see all my neighbors looking outside. Oh, freak show. no, you're not a freak <laughs> show. Don't say that. So how's your week been, Maylot? How's my week been? It's been actually really good. I've been working. Um, I've been, I've been really busy, and just like thinking of how there's like a lot of pressure on being productive all the time, mm. and I struggle with that because I feel guilty when I'm not working, <laughs> which is fucked up. Because I, you know, everyone should be able to just relax and yeah, um, do whatever he or she wants. But like every time I'm like being lazy or I'm watching Netflix, I'm like, no, I should be creating or I should be, you know, writing or like organizing or whatever. Mm. And this constant like capitalist pressure is just so annoying. And even more so, it seems. On that note as well, like you're doing these things for productivity for, I mean, what is the end goal then? Because right. usually it is to like be able to indulge in some type of leisure, mm-hmm. but now you're just being productive for the sake of productivity. No, but I think it's a generational thing. I think people, our, our generation just like have this constant pressure of like succeeding in everything. You, mm. it, it's not enough anymore to just have a day job. Mm. That's not, you need a side hustle. You need you know, plans, you need to um, be working all the time. And people ask you all the time, like, what are you working on now? And blah, Mm. blah, blah. And it's like, yo, can I live? I just want to chill at at a beach, you know, get some vitamin D. Because the weather in Brussels is garbage. No, I mean. Ass. That's obvious. That's why I'm taking these, like, pill form vitamin Ds. Wait, are you? Yeah, no, those are really good. I read the craziest thing. Apparently... 
So I'm going to Google it right now. Do not now. debunk vitamin D right now no, because no, 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 that gives me no, life. No, 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 no. So, so my parents, who are, they're African, so they distrust, like, science and, you know, you medical, know me too. Um, you know, pills and stuff. So every time I tell my mom, like, oh, I'm thinking of, like, uh, trying supplements, she's like, no, just eat fruit. You don't need that, blah, 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 mm. blah. But I read on Twi- Twitter today that black people need vitamin D um, oh. supplements because they... They can't absorb vitamin D? Wait, let me Google it. Well, actually, I the reason I started taking vitamin D is that I self-diagnosed myself with an extreme deficiency because um, my friend from Kenya, mm-hmm. she also went to the doctors and they were like, you're super vitamin D deficient. And they were using, she said that they said the same as well. And I had assumed with my um, quarter blackness that I also was in desperate need of vitamin D. But mm-hmm. she had said the same thing and and... Without taking it, I mean, it's vast, vastly... No, but apparently, so, um, this article I'm reading on The Root says that African Americans have um, more vitamin D deficiency, oh my god. Deficiency. Thank you. Um, so, wait, 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 yeah, obviously it has to do with exposure to sun, but wait, we need to know... Do black people have, are they more at risk of having deficiencies? Apparently. Wow. Anyway, because of the melanin, of course. Of course. So I get it. So black people have more melanin in their skin and that blocks. <laughs> yeah. Jaden Jaden is like, you know, no. No. Oh, what? Are you being sarcastic? No, I knew I can't, that. I can't tell. No, but melanin protects the skin against ultraviolet light. But by blocking the sun's rays, melanin affects the skin's ability to activate pre-vitamin D. So the darker the skin, the less vitamin D you produce. Wow. That's heartbreaking. Especially here that you get like maybe one day of sunlight a week. Do black people know this? I think... I don't think my parents know this. Oh, so I need to take supplements. Well, you can borrow some of mine, but that's a sad note. But I want to go back to this idea of productivity. It also is so crazy that it's also so wild to always think, okay, I mean, here it's always this conception of like lost time, that you're always in this kind of fight for time, that you've immediately, when you are looking in terms of productivity, you've immediately already given up all kind of aspects of owning your own time. So you've kind of given yourself up into this process as well of mm-hmm. doing leisure things, of just contemplating and modes of contemplation, just forms of self-care that aren't these physical um, dimensions that aren't just like going to the spa and whatnot, but just really partaking in that are so underutilized. Um, but I think even your free time nowadays is not yours anymore. Because you're constantly, like, curating yourself. You're constantly posting pictures on social media Mm. and showing people how much fun you're having. And that just takes so much energy of you, that, like, that constant curating and, like, um, selling an image of yourself, that you're not indulging in what you're doing. Yeah. Well, because you're still constructing something. Right. You're still constructing an identity. So at the time that you're doing productive things you think oh okay because i'm aspiring to be this individual i am this person so i'm doing this thing to show that and then when you're you know curating these ideas of yourself curating these images of yourself you're furthermore creating a very very productive construct of yourself because you're still working basically yeah because the more that you do that the more you construct yourself you're also creating 
opportunities, horizons for yourself mm-hmm. in whatever social expanse. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So where can you like relax? Can you relax with social media? Can you have, like, are you those kind of people that takes a holiday and says like, I'm turning out, I'm turning um, my phone out or down or whatever. And you don't use your phone. Well, it depends on how bored I am for that holiday. Yeah. If I'm, yeah, I mean, but it's quite obvious when I'm bored and I have nothing to do, then I'm going to jump online because I have already accepted that this mm-hmm. time of leisure or this time of the self is not going to take me anywhere. So I just jump to social media as like a, okay, this is a brainless exchange that I don't really have to worry about. Or if I do post on social media, it's like, um, yeah, when I go on vacation, I mostly try not to bring my phone. I mean, I just got a phone yesterday. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a phone for five months. Oh, previously. my God, we have to talk about that. I want to know how that experience was. <laughs> like, seriously. And you don't, you don't have to, like, idealize it and be like, oh, it was the best experience. Just, like, the real truth. Like, how was it not having a phone for five months? Honestly, I could not send any nudes. I couldn't go on Tinder at all. <laughs> so I was just sitting here like, okay, Can am I going to have to... Can you go on... Because I'm a Tinder newbie, right? Because No, not a newbie because I'm not on Tinder. I'm, I don't know anything about Tinder. She has a boyfriend. I do. Can you go on Tinder using a laptop? I have tried. I've even tried <laughs> to like use those... Um, I've even tried to use those, what are they called, modulators, to get a modulated Android what on is my... That? Basically, you use your computer and it tr- pretends to be a phone, so you can use apps on there as well. Oh, you know, I've even tried to use God. a modulator to use Tinder on there. Mind blown. Because, I mean, because, damn, what am I supposed to do? Like, go to the gay strict? No. And, you no, know, just you be can't, like, you can't hey, you're looking pretty good no, tonight. No, because gay, gay life is on... You know, Tinder and Grind, not on Tinder. Like, it's on apps, right? It's online. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the way that, like, sexuality is now being produced as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're producing sexuality in terms of... Well, actually, I don't want to get into that conversation because that's too big to jump into, to dwell into for this <laughs> podcast. I will say that. But, yeah, I mean, to keep it short, it is very hard to meet anyone if you're not on Tinder. So those five months were very desolate in that way but you use tinder you don't use grinder no i don't use grinder even though i'm all for grinder um and i think grinder is super cool i just am like a fake i'm i guess i'm just too fake and i'm just not when i'm like feeling all hot like yeah let's meet up you'd be so good i'm just actually like you know what that was like me 20 minutes ago talking but you know i'm not as hot as i was 20 minutes ago so i'm good mm-hmm. i'll talk to you later mm-hmm. so i'm not using grinder okay would you use grinder uh well no <laughs> wait i thought grinder was just for like gay men yes but role play oh role play if i were a cisgender gay man mm-hmm. and if it depends if i were black i wouldn't use it cuz it's super racist mm. This is very true. But, I mean, I'd use it if I was white, I guess. But it's such a <laughs> weird question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. What do, like, um, queer women use? Well, I am not a queer woman, so no, I am not using any apps. But usually, from what I know, that, like, dating apps and stuff for queer women is quite different. And... Using her is the only one that I'm aware of, but I really don't know in those regards. But I just know her. That's the only one I know. And I feel like that's the equivalent of, like, a plenty of fish. So I don't know. Okay, cool. So back to, like, you not having a phone for five months. So apart from not being able to use Tinder 
and not, well, you don't really use Grindr, but apart from that, did you feel like disconnected from people? Well, this is, this is interesting as well, because at one part, I'm constantly, I don't know, let's say I, I don't have an MP3 player, don't have anything. So I'm just sitting in the metro, I'm going to school, I'm doing whatnot, just in complete use of myself. I have to go somewhere, I have to know where the address is, I have to look it up before and then make my way. There's no aspect of convenience. And in terms of social media, it's nice because... At one hand, I'm doing everything and trying to really capture it for myself. If it's, meaning, if it's meaningful, I mean, I have to capture it with all my sensory data because the only thing I can save it within. At the other hand, there's a lot of things that I've forgotten. I mean, it's been five months and I'm just like, hmm, maybe I'll remember like 15 occasions. Right. So at the same time, I've kind of forgotten it. Whereas when I look at old stuff from my old phones, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was such a funny day and whatnot. So there is this type of memory loss that occurs. But at the same time, when I do record things uh, on my phone or I take pictures or like when we went out that one night Mm -hmm. and we took those awful pictures that Anton took, Mm -hmm. you know, that was such a good night. But when I look at those pictures, I was like, that night was kind of ugly and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, because the pictures weren't that lit. Yeah, yeah. So, they're out, so these things are also like negatively altering at times if you don't mm-hmm. delete in time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, otherwise it was okay. I have also been without a phone for a year one time when I was 16 to 17 only because I was being really pretentious and I said, mom, get me a new iPhone or <laughs> I am not taking a phone at all. And she said, all right, you're not getting a phone. And that was that. <laughs> and that was the end of that conversation. Wow. I can't imagine, like, so full disclosure, um, I can't use my phone to call or to text um, or use, like, 4G now because something's up with it. But Hmm. I had to come to your house and, like, I've been here, like, you know, before. So, and it's really easy to find. But I was just like, there was a moment of panic. Like, oh my God, how am I going to get to his house? If I can't find him? Yeah, like, I don't have Google Maps. I can't use it. So I can't imagine, like going through that for five years, let alone a year. Yeah. Um, Did you feel disconnected from people? Like, would they exclude you? From not having... <laughs> so I was just laughing because you said, I can imagine going through that for five years, <laughs> let alone a year. I said five <laughs> years. So I said... I uh, wanted to say five months. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine going through that for 20 years, let but, alone a week. But, like, listening to that... Makes me realize how awful it sounds, because it's like I'm talking about a phone, like it's like a kid you lost or whatever. It's not that. It's not that dramatic. No, not no. having a phone. Yeah, I mean, it's no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I will say it's just a tender thing. Posting on Twitter is not too good, and on top of that, it is really to be real. The most shitty thing is when I'm looking good, like I'm all decked out, like mm. for your birthday party, for instance, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm looking good. No one's going to see it except the small <laughs> proximity of people that I know. I go to damn school. Uh-huh. <laughs> ain't, nobody, ain't nobody even looking at me. I'm looking good as hell. And I'm just like, okay, wait. So I don't got a phone to take pictures of myself. No one's looking at me in this village. What am I going to do? This village you're talking about is where? <laughs> it's Leuven in the <laughs> Flemish Brabant. It is. The Flemish Brabant. <laughs> so what do you think of Leuven? I grew up there, by the oh, way. What do you think of Leuven? I mean, it's a nice, safe, 
um, city. city. I want to say city because it's a city technically. I think in... Technically, it's a city. It has 100,000 people. It is like cusping 100,000. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. But anyway, it's nice if you're young and you grow up there. Mm. But when you hit a certain age, you just want to leave, I guess. It's like living in the suburbs a little bit. It is. It's like a nice suburb. Yeah. With like a really big shopping center in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, Leuven, Flemish, Brabant. So how did you end up here, basically? Because, you know, the listeners are, like, cool and American and Brussels, but how did you end up here? Okay, to preface that, I'm going to ask you directly after how you ended up here as well then. Okay. I had, um, basically, I was going to school in the U.S. for painting, and I was 17, and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to live in America anymore. I'm super done with it. I mean, this was some three over, almost four years ago, and I was like, okay, I'm going to study abroad, see where I can go, and my first thought was like, I'm not going to go to Europe. I'm so over white people. This was my biggest thing. I was like, no way. I'm not doing it, so I was like looking at all these places, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go here, but full disclosure, I am a Libra, so I had no way of deciding for myself, you know. I took this like essentialist notion of myself and I said, I just can't choose. So I couldn't choose. So I just picked a name out of a hat of like 20 possible cities. And it was just the city in the Netherlands, Groningen. And so I went there for a year. It was awful. Um, I don't want like that city to sue me for that (laughs) statement. Um, I don't think anyone from Groningen is listening, to be honest. Um, and then, so I moved for the next year. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm super used to, uh, Dutch people. So I might as well stay in Europe, whatnot. Mm -hmm. So then I moved to Belgium and I started going to school here. And then I started to study philosophy and live in, and I've just been chilling ever since I met you. I met Mm -hmm. our sexy producer, Kat. Kat, whoop, whoop. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And, um. Yeah, and since then it's been good. So now I'm just posted here. I feel like full Belgian basically, except I hate nationalism and I don't speak languages, but, you know, it's cool. <laughs> Other than that, you're basically a Belgian. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's quite nice. And I. it's also quite nice to get a kind of double perspective outside of this very U.S.-centric conversation because every time I go back to the U.S., I mean, it's so inductive in the politics, which is really great in one sense to be very you know, inductive in what you're doing because then you can build on your very own situation. What do you mean when you say inductive? Inductive means that they're only looking to themselves for solutions yeah. and U.S. Po- politics and whatnot. Okay. So it's much nicer to get this double perspective in a lot of ways to be very much more um, centering myself, especially in Brussels because it's not really Flanders or Wallonia. It's kind of not Belgium in a way. So it gives this kind of nice international perspective because there's nothing to really hold yourself to. So it's also quite nice as a political point to, like, base myself off to live in Brussels. But, um, yeah, so I'm just sitting here. What mm-hmm. are you doing here, Melot? Well, I moved here five years ago because I was studying law in Leuven, and I just hated it. It was just the most soul-sucking experience ever. Like, it was just bad. I mean, I passed a lot of my courses, but I was just not happy. I wasn't learning anything. Literally, what you learn when you study law is 
just learning by heart, like learning stuff out of books, but not really critically analyzing them or just not questioning them because that's the law, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just done with it. And then I was like, okay, I've lived in Leuven my entire life. I went to, you know, elementary school here, high school, everything, middle school, university. I need to get out of here. So I decided to move to Brussels and change my major. And that was? Literature. Hey, and you can say it too now. Yeah. So what is practice? (laughs) Yeah, so literature is a hard word to say. Uh, But yeah, no, so Dutch and English literature. And that's also brought you like quite forward with your writing career as well. Well, I wouldn't say I have a writing career, but I did recently got published in a book called Swartz, which is a huge, huge thing. Uh, But... um, no, yeah, you have to, you need to move to Brussels. Like, if you're an artist or you're an activist or, you know, you're in the creative scene, you just need to go to a big city. Mm. And I stand by this. Brussels is the only big city in the lowlands. So, Netherlands, Netherlands and Belgium. And Luxembourg. And Luxembourg. Rotterdam isn't that big. No. Amsterdam isn't that big. I mean, mm-hmm. Antwerp isn't that big. Sorry, Kat. Kat <laughs> is a proud Antwerpener. Um, but, you know, it's not a city. It's a city, but it's not a city. I mean, those are not cities. Yeah. And Brussels is just gritty and, like, ugly and unpleasant, mm. but pretty at the same time. And I mean, yeah. but people are living through that as well. Like, people also see, like, this grittiness, this ugliness, and feel that too. And it also creates this, like, very strong solidarity from what I've noticed of yeah. people in Brussels. Whoa, full disclosure though, when I was on my way, I just saw a random guy peeing just like in the middle of the road. Oh yeah, no, I've seen guys like projectile diarrhea. <laughs> like in this part. Yeah, no. this part. Yes, I've seen guys like just plop down projectile no. diarrhea you in front of me. Actual shit. Yeah, and I like I looked over because I like squat and like I don't know, I'm nosy, so I just took you know, I cocked my head left and I was like, what's that? And then I just see like squat and it just goes <laughs> and I said, you know what? I was about to have dinner. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I've never seen that. I was just shocked at seeing a guy pee. It's not even nighttime. It's just like six o'clock, you know, in the middle of the road. Why? They just don't. They are just chilling. They don't give a fuck here. But no, it's cool. I mean, in a way, it reminds me of New York. Yeah. Okay. This is this is what I will also <laughs> say about Brussels. Here's here's the so thing. It's you cool can cool get... in that way. <laughs> yeah. He has that nice gritty New York look. Right. But I Except will say. Except it's not New York. But to be fair, New York is vastly more expensive in every which way. And they have a huge like housing bubble and stuff because everybody's trying to move there. Whereas when I'm in Brussels, I'm kind of like, I just feel like I'm in one of the, like, I just feel like I'm in New York as well, but mm-hmm. just in a very compact one and everybody's just speaking French. I mean, at the same time, it's all built up like New York. There's a lot of space for artists to grow because mm-hmm. it's not like oversaturated in all these spots yet because it's new and up and coming. I mean, I feel like, okay, it could never be New York, but you know, things are go- Things are happening here that kind of, if you squint your eyes and you look at like the Northern Quarter, if you really squint, if you really squint, if you really squint, you yeah. say, this looks like I'm maybe looking at a small part of Manhattan. If Staten I Staten Island? Yeah, maybe Staten Island <laughs> a little bit. I feel like I'm in Staten Island. Maybe New Newark. Newark. Newark is in New York. <laughs> Newark is New Jersey. I know, but, but we'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take no. Actually, fuck that. I will not take Newark. <laughs> Never. You can have Newark. 
What was that, Jade? <laughs> Satan's dying. Mm. Oh my god. Sorry, that fire like got a lot of smoke into my lungs, so I had to. Should have that check. <sighs> Do you have check money? No, but it's free. I know, but I Are you insured here? Well, I have to submit it on Monday. <laughs> I know. I've, so this is a this is a confession. This is a confession. I have I have like fervently is that a word I should use? I have fervently, I don't know if it's how how to use it, like told every time when I talk to my American friends, like, yeah, I live in Belgium's cool, my tuition's basically free, I get free healthcare, transportation sub- subsidized. I've lived here like three years. And I have never had insurance. <laughs> what is even the point of this free health care? A- Why not? It's so easy, though. I know. I just Because I have to walk five minutes from my, from my location in Leuven to go to drop off these documents. And I said, five. Oh, my God. I said, you better come to me. I, mean, I thought this was a damn. I thought, but have- you're going to get it done on Monday. Yeah. Tomorrow. So, tomorrow, so tomorrow's a day of days. So we're recording on Sunday. <sighs> Sunday for our Flemish listeners. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Should we go on to the next segment? Let's go on to the next segment. Okay, cool. Bring it up. So this segment is called Bring It Up. And um, the goal of the segment is just to bring an object or a text or an online article or something that, you know, caught your eye and to talk about it. And this week it's my turn. So... Wait, I need to Google this because I Googled it and then I put it away. But basically, I saw something on the internet, obviously. Um, so it's a mother and daughter and they um, buy dolls, like Barbie dolls. Hmm. And they turn it into um, something else. Like, for instance, they'll buy like a princess. What's, what's a black princess's name? Tiana? I suppose, yes. No. Is is that her name? I think so. Okay. The one from New Orleans. I did not see that movie. Did you see it? I saw it, but I was, I think, like 11, and I saw it in middle school yeah. or something. Yeah. Was it, Wait. When Tiana came out, you were in middle school? God, I'm old. Okay. Okay. So these are, so mother and daughter, they're called My Froggy Stuff, and they buy dolls, so... um. This was this one was a black princess, and mm. they turned her into Shuri from Wakanda, the sister hey. of um, of the Black Panther. So basically, T'Challa. Yeah. So they do all this like crafty stuff together, and I thought it was cool because, like, I grew up associating crafts with like white people because mm. at home we didn't like what they say in Dutch Knutsula. Mm. We never did that. We never like made stuff and stuff like that. So it's cool seeing like black people do that and mm. turning um, dolls into something that represents them. And yeah. um, it's just cool. And it made me think about this notion, um, this idea that there's like certain things like craft works or certain sports or whatever that black people have told themselves that they don't do. Like mm. you hear all the time, like black people don't do that. Like that's so white. Mm. Like we don't do that. And I'm like, but where does this come from? Yeah. This idea of not like doing stuff. Because it's also a question of like, okay, who maybe we've accept like, okay, we're not going to do these things now. Black people are going to say, we're not going to do these things. Um, but it's also like who maybe geared that separation as mm-hmm. well. And if it's, you're just continuing a separation, like, oh no, we don't do those things. If it was already based of like, in a mode of segregation, 
um, beginning with whiteness that was saying, oh, no, they can't do this and whatnot. Like, if we continue this, uh, I'm saying it wrong. But nonetheless, um, yeah, this whole DIY culture also does sound very geared towards whiteness with Pinterest and stuff. So. And that was the thing that caught my eye. Like, this was a black mother and a daughter doing stuff together, very DIY. And this this notion of, like, DIY is something for white people and black people don't do it. Where Mm. does it come from? Like, the same with, like, extreme sports, right? Yeah. Every time I see, like, we see a bungee jumper, my mom will go, like, oh, my God, these white people. I'm like, Mm. where does this idea come from that, like, black people don't do extreme sports or don't, like, I don't know play lacrosse or um i don't know just like random stuff yeah Mm, i think to start with the diy it's also kind of odd because if you also think about just building things with hands and doing any type of craft work in general that would be something that's more associated with like people of color and blackness as well but just the fact of saying diy do it yourself has also become a whitewash term in that way that they're kind of like creating new terminologies of separateness to continue that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think of craft work or I can't think of a better word for it, but just doing crafts, I can't, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? Uh, handy word. I don't know. What's the word you're looking for? I don't know. I don't know. Cause usually, cause there's super like, uh, for instance and whatnot, when I think of in Arizona, mm-hmm. when I think of, Markinson stuff where they would always make jewelry crafting and things like this. Mm-hmm. And this to me was very, you know, it, it very much fit the situation because I've always been making things, a lot of turquoise, of course. And then when I think of DIY, it seems like it's very much positing itself as this kind of like clean cut, new cutting edge thing, even though a lot of these type of DIY situations do seem to already kind of cop from these previous, mm-hmm. um, Types of arts and whatnot. So it just seems like they're using this DIY-ness as a term of separation. And I think that people don't want to be associated with that. So maybe they're like, oh, no, we wouldn't do that. Because they've tried to posit too much into whiteness. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, DIY on Pinterest and all those websites, even Tumblr in a way, is just very geared toward whiteness and white creation and... Yeah, that's. I thought it was fascinating, and I mm. thought it was telling mm. that my first thought was like, oh, so like black people do crafty craft work. Like, wow, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. In a way, I'm also just like I'm thinking about like all the times, all the things, especially my dad. It's like only white people would do that. Very much like jack jackass stuff, like Stevo stuff is like that's only a white thing. Like just super dumb things like that. That I can defend, you know, like that. But in regards to crafts and whatnot, yeah, that's super weird because that's also giving whiteness this kind of power of, like, creation, too. If you think of craft and you're like, oh, that's weird that black people do that. That's also in terms of, like, creating things, of a creative edge as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to make that association. Mm-hmm. I don't know why deep... So what did you think, then, about um, just creating it in the sh- Shura? What is her name? Shuri. Shuri. Wow, shame on you. Shuri, oh. the sister of Black Panther. Ch- T'Challa. T'Challa. And <laughs> you have to say Black Panther. <laughs> um, so how did you feel about that, though? It was so cool. It was They changed up the doll from a princess to like this powerful action figure, a woman. Um, so, no, it was really cool. And um, they have some amazing stuff. Check them out. The froggy stuff, I think their name is. 
Let me Google it again because I don't want to get their name wrong. I think it's, wait, 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 wait. The froggy stuff? My froggy stuff? My froggy stuff, yeah. It's cool. They're really cute together. And they make the craziest stuff. The craziest stuff. I have, we'll have to look at that after because I haven't seen them. But in which ways then do you think we could also uh, reclaim these things to stop or reclaim them or claim them or whatnot to start designating with recognition that we do this too? That I don't know. Do this too? I don't know. I think that's an interesting question. I think that goes for a lot of things. It's not only like craft work, mm. but it's like even like, as I said, bungee jumping or... Um, swimming with sharks or whatever like these extreme stuff that you automatically associate with like crazy white people Mm. but like why there's crazy black people too and like limiting ourselves to certain um spheres and not to other it's Mm. very i don't know i think that's um as i said it's limiting so Mm. and why do we limit ourselves in that way Mm. and um, is it historical? Is it cultural? Is it is it because we're accustomed to certain spaces not being for us? Um, because you know of segregate because of segregation, racism, <clears throat> because we weren't allowed in those spaces, or did we, um, in a way, self segregate us from those spaces? Or, I mean, am I making sense? No, 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 absolutely. I am uh, trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to think about this more, and I'm just thinking, okay. Um, like, what's swimming? But swimming has a very historical um, reason, right? Yeah, that's heavily based on the slavery as well. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. And, like, racism, segregation. Like, um, there's this notion that black people don't swim. Yeah. And not only white people believe it, but, like, black people say it too, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, skiing. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's something else, baby. But... Like, there's this idea that black people don't ski, but they ski. Yeah. Wasn't there, wait, wasn't there somebody that just got into the Winter Olympics? Yeah, a Nigerian bobsleigh team. Yeah, exactly. They were really cool. So it's like shattering these stereotypes and these notions of like, oh, no, skiing is white. So if you're black, you can't ski. Mm. Like, why? But like with swimming, it's very like, okay, obviously, you know, people weren't, black people weren't allowed in public pools Mm. and, um... You know, to be able to swim, that's a privilege in a way because you need to start at a very early age. You need the infrastructure. You need pools. And mm. when you go to Baltimore, you won't find pools. Like, you know, costs money to mm. build and maintain a pool. So obviously, if pe- people are poor, they don't have the structure to, you know, give swimming lessons to their kids. So that's like a very clear case. And like, okay, I get it. Like, there's this notion that black people don't swim because they don't have access to swimming pools. Mm. Um, but like with other stuff, like with extreme sports, I'm like, but like, but maybe, yeah, maybe it's equity. Maybe it's like access because extreme sports are expensive too. Yeah. I mean, even in the, <clears throat> even in the case of skiing and whatnot, that these stereotypes should be shattered first and foremost, of course, because anything that limits horizons, even if they're, like funny stereotypes and whatnot, even if that would be a limiting source to someone that maybe would have had wanted to have done it, is, yeah, demeaning to any self-recognition. I do think that skiing is such an elitist thing. Like, I've never gone skiing. I could never afford to go skiing, realistically. I mean, the people that own skiing, you know, if you want to go skiing for a lot of times, you have to go to a place that has a lift. 
you have to make it to a top of a mountain, you have to pay for the skiing Your lift, gear. you have to pay for the gear. I mean, this is just something that not everyone would have in pocket. So if we would dim, like place it to that, that would also be a limiter for a very certain amount of people mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But things like extreme sports, I mean... Yeah. I mean, the thing is, okay, you have equity. You have, like, those things that are not in the horizon of black people or not in their reach. Like, skiing, it's very expensive. If you don't have any money, you can't buy the gear. You mm. can't, you know, you can't do it. But then when my mom sees um, a, bungee jump, a bungee jumper, her first instinct or her first emotion isn't like, oh, my God, that's so expensive. Like, we could never. No. no. She'll, she's, like, very clearly like, oh, my God, that's such a white person thing to do like yeah like she would say in, in Amharic like we Ferenjoch and Ferenjoch means like white people like so she automatically like culturally assigns that to like the white world and it's mm. like but why like it's so weird yeah because it's also because this also gives a narrative that it's saying it's so white and that's also kind of saying like that's so crazy that's so extra that's so not necessary to do which is still, to me, still trying to posit blackness in this type of, like, straight jacket of still trying to be this kind of, like, very moral exemplar type of case that we have to, you know, if we want to uh, fight oppression or if we want to keep going on our narrative, that we have to do it, like, in these very, very... Respectable. Respectable, yeah. confined ways. And if we want to do something, you know, oh, you know, you can play basketball because you're great at that, but if you do ski, you know, bungee jumping, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, things like this. So I think it's also trying to... Self, self-imposed limitations, basically. Yeah. Well, not self-imposed because society imposed them on you. Yeah. Yeah. There are yeah. imposed limitations that are saying, okay, well, that's like a smart path if you want to play these things or if you want to do these things or you in, in any fields, whereas these things are crazy, they're very white. And I mean, in a way that they are self-imposed, they're imposed in um, social spheres and they're also imposed to ways that we would just think are not productive, back to this idea of production, that maybe you can make a name if you do something in these ways, or you can make a profit if you do these crafts, as you were talking about, or whatnot, whereas just bungee jumping just seems kind of yeah, pointless. Yeah, I think, I think that's that might be a good point. I mean, I think you nailed it, because things that are, aren't productive, like even art making, like if you're... 19 or 18 and you tell your parents like I want to be an artist and they're black they'll probably say no you have to become an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor Mm. and there's this like there's these tropes that we know right Mm. and if you you, if you um if you don't fit those tropes then you're you're being crazy and being crazy outside of those tropes Mm. is being white right so you have to do something that's productive that's um, you know, education-wise or just, like, profit-wise, make money and don't do anything outside of those spheres because mm. why would you, right? And it's being seen as being frivolous beyond that. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is it. You have to stick to these certain tropes and what's associated with whiteness is being extra frivolous, being able to do things that are, you know, quote, like, you know, that would be seen as stupid because Mm -hmm. they don't seem to allow you any more horizons, whereas their horizons are open to do that where you have to narrow and limit yourself to your own horizons for these things. 
to go in this way to further a horizon in a different way. That's a lot of horizons. Okay, I was really, I was horizoning, you know. I saw the sunset today and I was feeling sentimental. Do you know that song? No. Okay, it's a really good song. But, I mean, I get what you mean. So, I think I think we've come to a conclusion that black people have to stick to certain ways of living and to certain professions and to certain hobbies. And if they, um, you know, if they drift from that, then that's seen as extra or that's seen as transgressive. Mm. And um, we are not allowed that transgressiveness. Mm. Yeah. Or, I mean, even when I'm thinking about, like, I was just doing a presentation for my bachelor paper and whatnot, and it was, like, 20 or 30 people in the classroom. And uh, even then in philosophy, because it's a very elitist uh, sphere, it's just thinking of things that are very, like, oh, okay, you study philosophy, so you have the capacity to not have to worry about a job and things like this. And a lot of parents, black parents and POC parent, other POC parents would be much more like, no, that's just... That's just extra. Like, only white people do that. But in the same case, like, I was the only, like, person of color in that classroom. Like, and for many of my classes, when I was in art school for a year, I was the only person of color in my entire faculty, for instance. And I think that this is also uh, perpetuating these ideas. And Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, I mean, this is quite sad as well because... In one sense, it's true, and you have to be economic. If you don't have the funds, you need... And if you're, especially in American education, if you're mm-hmm. going to be spending that much money, then it is the smartest thing to do something that's going to be the lucrative. most... Yeah, the most lucrative thing for you. Yeah. But at the same time, this association, I think, may be also like an easy coping mechanism of sorts mm-hmm. to deal with it because it is also saddening to feel like you can't do that because you have to do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Cool. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Maylop. That was that. That was Bring It Up. All right. And she brought it up. Shut it down. And the last segment, bum, bum, bum. This is uh, Shut It Down. So where J-Baby just brings, um, you know, a freestyle slam poem. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. Well, so actually, I was also thinking about something today, and I was thinking, maybe do you want to switch it up for the first one? Wait, I know you, can you, s- <laughs> you want me to do the freestyle? Hell no. No, no so I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I was thinking, well, we're actually going to have to play the audio behind it, but I want to have this type of kind of like acting right now. I want to play, because I was listening to, to it today, Sorry by Beyonce, at the very end, mm. pretend that you're Becky with the good hair, pretend it's the first time you're listening to Sorry by Beyonce. Wait, 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 wait. but you, you had, you told me before that you had a title for your slam poem. Yes, I did, and it wasn't a slam poem, it was kind of a rap. It was a rap, and it was, what was it called? Booty? On the windowsill. Booty on the window still. So I want to hear that. Well, I'm going to have to get a beat. Well, I don't know. Is that she a thinks beat? that that was a beat. <laughs> she thinks that that was a beat. No, but just like, I thought you were going to do slap poem, like without a beat, without like a song. I mean, you can do it. You just need your voice and your right. words. Next just week spit we're it. Gonna, next week we're going to do the sorry thing mm-hmm. because I've already romanticized sure, that in sure. my mind. We but. Will. All right, I'll bring it through. 
do re mi fa so la ti do oh ho yo yo ho you're so you're so extra you're so extra it's not that type of show it's not that kind of show that was me just clearing up my throat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay booty on the window still one a two a one two three booty on the windowsill Every time you sit down, it's like a steaming pie and the steam smoke comes through the booty and through my nose. Oh, it's so close. I can't breathe. (gasps) Smells so good. When you see that booty on the windowsill, you realize, is that a representation of God or is that a representation of what I want to eat? Booty on the windowsill. Booty on the windowsill. Do you think you'll ever get cold? It's negative two outside, but you still are looking like gold. Ooh, can I touch that real fast? Oh no, that's my own booty. But if you look into the light, you'll see some sight that you thought was right. Oh my goodness, booty on the windowsill. Is that a hemorrhoid? Because I felt like I was on steroids, so strong and powerful. Come take me up. I thought I went to heaven, but you? Oh, I'm shocked. Oh, you know that you just bought me a good one, baby, on my body, and you know that it's a hottie. Get my thoughty. I can't breathe. Booty on the windowsill? Are you for me? Wow. That was just a freestyle, right? That was just a freestyle. Wow. That was amazing. I mean, I'm tearing up, like, for real. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you guys, give her a round of applause. (laughs) That's so random. (laughs) Okay. Well, this was grand fresh coming to you live well not technically technically not live uh from brussels Woo woo! Hey. hey and if you're interested in the rest of our podcast uh cut that out <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow us on social media you can we're it's grand fresh on twitter we're grand fresh on facebook and we're grand fresh on instagram and soundcloud and soundcloud and podcast addict whoop, whoop. and if you want to sponsor us if you're um i don't know squarespace or one of those podcasts um sponsors listening we're free for ads all right columbia records get ready yeah